You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hi friends and welcome back to another week of Tigress. I am not alone in studio today. Nope. <laughs> Along with Brittany, our executive producer, and also Nick, our sound engineer. I'm also here with my younger sister, Amea Okamoto. Hi, y'all. Who is here? It's Amea. <laughs> here with a new tattoo and a everything. Big one. And we're gonna work on not interrupting each other. Okay. Pausing for effect. Pausing for effect. Um, we have a little bit of a tendency, I think, as a family mm -hmm. to all speak at once or talk over each other. And then we get very loud, which is honestly really wonderful for keeping conversations alive. But we're really, you know, we're working on it, especially on podcasts. I feel like interrupting is not what we're going for. Anyways. Not a dull moment. And I think the only one who's really, really bothered by it is the youngest. Oh, yeah. Issa, I wonder why. Issa hates the interrupting. And it's not even when people interrupt her. It's like when people are interrupting each other because I think it gives her a headache or something like it's just very annoying or it's just she's she has a difficult time following all the different conversations at once because no. she's may or may not be the only one in the family not diagnosed with a certain something oh yes that brings us to our episode topic so um I've talked about this a little bit before but Basically, every single therapist I've ever seen believes that I have ADHD. And I did like a bunch of the tests and it kind of came up questionable because I have all of the traits of hyperactivity to like a pretty big extreme. But there's a lot of overlap with just being a very anxious person with PTSD and then like having ADHD. So for me, it's been something that I've always been thinking about. And depending on who I talk to, I have it. I don't have it. I've never been medicated for it because... I'm like a very high functioning depressed person and hyperactive person where I'm able to focus on something and like I can really drill down and multitask and focus. So I feel like I have like a good handle on it. And 
Amaya recently got diagnosed with ADHD and it's been such a big eye opener for you. Huge eye opener for you. So I'm really excited because we thought we'd sit down and talk a little bit about her experience and just maybe some of the overlap because I know it's been so big for you, not only in understanding more about yourself, but your relationships um, and like losing some relationships and friendships. But I thought that before we kind of dived into it, we would just do a little bit of a recap of like what high ADHD is. So ADHD stands for attention deficit slash hyperactivity disorder. It's a little bit complicated because I think it's very overdiagnosed. Absolutely. Because a lot of the symptoms are super, super wide. Like anything from you can't sit still to you like twiddle your thumbs. And there's two different sides of ADHD. There's like people who have trouble paying attention. And then there's the hyperactivity, which is more I have a lot. And like, for example, the symptoms of like even diagnosing a child with ADHD is like daydream a lot, forget or lose things a lot, squirm or fidget, talk too much, make careless mistakes or take unnecessary risks, have a hard time resisting temptation, having trouble taking turns, have difficulty getting along with others, which I feel like can apply to a lot of different kids. But I do think that it's fascinating, like talking to people about their different experiences with ADHD, because it exists in all of us. I mean, similar to even borderline personality disorder, these traits exist within all of us. But when you do get diagnosed with ADHD, it's like having those symptoms to an extreme to sometimes a level in which you cannot, it does, it never doesn't exist in your life, if that makes sense. So Amaya, I'll turn it over to you. And I would just love to hear a little bit more about like, when did this come up in your therapy journey? How long ago? Can you tell I'm trying really hard not to interrupt you? Yes. I literally feel yes. like I'm on the edge of my seat. Like, you I know. know, right before you like jump over a diving board, that's literally how I feel right now. Amaya's buzzing right now. It is so hard for me not to interrupt people. And that but was- that's a good real realization. Well, yes, but that's something I've always known. And I think that in general, like I've generally had a feeling of rudeness and I'm very aware of it because I don't want to be a rude person, but I- always feel like I'm on the edge of my seat trying to say something. And I, and then I, I would. And so since getting diagnosed with ADHD, that has been something that just, just getting the diagnosis was even affirming and helpful. And I have noticed that like, I'm on my med journey and like it, it has been doing something. I'm still figuring it out because I was diagnosed only two months ago, but going back to the whole thing about like, okay, like where did this start? It's always been a thing, right? Like I think that the diagnosis, and I'll I'll get to, so the reason I started actively seeking a diagnosis, despite the fact that similarly to you, throughout my entire life, people have said, Amaya, you have ADHD. Oh my God, so ADHD, ha ha ha, ADHD. And actually when I got diagnosed, a lot of my friends from my childhood and my life, (laughs) adults were like, when I posted about it, they're like, I thought you already were diagnosed with ADHD and were fully medicated. And I was like, no, a lot of people told me that. And my therapists were actively seek a psychiatrist, man. I was like, no, 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 because my symptoms are not bad enough. And I think that as much as, you know, I was always like, oh, be neurodivergent, like, yay. I was like, no, 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 no. Like, I I know that I'm neurodivergent, but like, because something feels off, like something always feels off. And I've always felt like I process the world differently and I'm with people. And I always feel like even though I can connect with people, something always feels like I'm, I always feel like I'm on a different wavelength, not in like a, like an elite way. It's just like, I feel like there's something missing in the way that I'm thinking about the world. And a lot of it has been explained with ADHD. And I'm not saying that that is like the golden solution. But when you, when you say like, quote unquote, it plays in my life, like what is that it beyond 
having rude tactics. No, oh yeah, of course. So I, well, like the, I have a huge like list that I created that I brought to my psychiatrist. Like when I, and um, a lot of it is like like okay. So I've always struggled with lateness, right? Yeah. And like lagging and forgetfulness and just general things falling through the cracks. And I could not focus in in class. I was falling asleep in class constantly. I but at the same time, I was like one of those gifted kids. You know, I was always ahead of the curve in some ways. And so that allowed me to goof off in ways that if someone was watching me, it would have been a lot easier to be yeah. diagnosed with ADHD. And this is one of the big keys is like, it's very hard to diagnose young girls, but especially like women with ADHD, because societally we're not allowed to act out in ways that would otherwise be markers for like boys to get diagnosed, speaking in very gender terms, right? Like one of the things that kind of alerts people that, oh, this student might have ADHD at a very elementary school age is doing poorly in school. Or like boys, like hitting, sorry, I'm making noises, like, you know, like just fidgeting and all these things. But if you're like a little girl in growing up, mostly anywhere, you're not allowed to like goof off like that, you know, or it's just less acceptable. And so I think going into those details and thinking it more cohesively about like what I was and wasn't allowed, what I felt, felt like I was and wasn't allowed to act out in, you know. But you, do you feel sense. like growing up you could control it? Like you wouldn't act out, you would just fall asleep. Yeah, I would, I would fall asleep. Or, or I think what what I learned is, you know, I learned that if I studied really hard or like somehow got ahead or honestly tricked my teachers into thinking that I was smarter than I was, which was very easy because I was the only Asian student in all my classes. No, literally. Yeah. I would be like, oh, I talked to my mom and I'm smart. I, I was able from starting in third, fourth, fifth grade even, I was able to convince my teachers that I was so far ahead in reading and all these levels that I got to do independent study most of my life, public and private school. Like, like I was, <laughs> I don't know if you yeah. know this fifth grade, I did independent study, math and English eighth grade. I was doing math by myself in the library for two and a half hours a day. But bringing this back to the ADHD thing, right? I, I didn't so learn anything because I just took that time and I pretended like I was doing something, Googled all the answers and <laughs> just goof off. So there's like this element of focus yeah. and hyperfocus, which is a thing. Hyperfocus meaning like you have trouble focusing and then you can really focus on one yeah. thing. Yeah. If you, and yeah. then what was the catalyst um, a couple months ago that made you like sit down, make this list and go to a psychiatrist being like, I have a I have something to work on. Yeah. If the way that I'm explaining this is really convoluted, it's honestly because my pathway towards getting a diagnosis is very convoluted. So I'm trying to map it out for mm -hmm. Nadia and whoever is listening. But Basically, like, it's always been a conversation, right? And when I was really, really depressed for a very long time, right? Like, when? like, which, like my whole life, decade? I've been very depressed, right? I've been kind of like in therapy for generalized anxiety disorder and pretty extreme depression and eating disorders, right? And something that was floated, that started being floated around by multiple therapists starting in high school was, man, you might be bipolar. And you're mm -hmm. either bipolar or bipolar two, hypomania, whatever. Um, and later on talking to my psychiatrist now, like when people are thinking about diagnosing someone with bipolar, I mean, with ADHD, it's either ADHD or bipolar, yeah. which I didn't know. And then it made sense that all these therapists thought I was bipolar, but I'm not, you know, like I, the thing is, is that I exist in a state of mania, right? But it's not actually mania. I'm just ADHD with a capital H. I have no off button. Like I constantly want to be surrounded by people. But you also have like crazy downs. Crazy lows. Yeah. But here's the thing is I have dealt with depression to the point that like this is really TMI and gross. But like I think that honestly like I've like the worst part is that I've been I've done worse things. But like 
the part, the, the note, okay. Like the detail for, to explain to you, like how depressed I was for the past couple of years is like, I would be so sad and in my bed for so long that I like would pee in like, <laughs> like, like a, like an old, like Dunkin' Donuts, like coffee thing. Cause I was like so depressed. I didn't want to make like the five steps to the bathroom in my dorm. Not kidding. Like I was just like yeah. so depressed and I would do these like I wouldn't take showers for like weeks at a time right like we talked about this but yeah, I never talked smelled it yeah I never talked okay <laughs> but I was like it was just so depressed and I think a big part of that was I was processing a lot familially processing a lot artistically but I wasn't I also was like not pursuing art yeah and for 21 years of my life I had convinced myself I wasn't going to pursue art and I until I chose to transfer to art school and I chose to commit to just going for it, which was huge. And I'm very lucky and privileged to have a family that supported me to do this. I just like felt like this whole like weight of the world of like, I know this is what I want to do. I know this is meant for me. I am an artist, but I can't do it. So by transferring to art school is when it kind of opened up this window for you to be like, okay, I'm happy now. And bro, I have to look at my bro, life. I got to art school and I was still sad. And then like over the weeks of me just living and breathing art, I literally am not depressed anymore. Wow. I'm not kidding. And I also don't really deal with anxiety. Like I have like certain things, like I'll, I'll start ruminating on things, but it's not the same yeah, you have ex- at so, all. So was it that, okay, now you're not crazy depressed. You're and just so, constant hyperactive. So here's the thing. Yeah, exactly. Is I was like, oh, I'm, I have bipolar, had low lows, high highs, low lows, high highs. Like it's always been like that. But once like depression, anxiety came out of the picture, then all of a sudden I existed and it like, it like the sleepiness of depression all of a sudden released like this ADHD. Yeah. And all of a sudden, all these, sim- all these like quote unquote symptoms of ADHD were heightened to the point that it was so hard to manage. The moment that I was like, okay, this is getting bad was when all of my friends, like I'm not kidding, all of my friends at art school were like, listen, I'm diagnosed with ADHD and you need to get help because you're always complaining about certain things. The amount of times during the day that I would have to pee, go to the bathroom, get distracted, do something else, leave the bathroom, and then two hours later be like, oh shit, I haven't peed yet was like insane. And that was kind of when I was like, okay, I need to start getting, getting, getting help. And I have a whole list of like symptoms that are like more in, you know, yeah. Like are hilarious, but so then you reached out to a psychiatrist. Yeah, you meet with a psychiatrist. You do the whole test. Yeah, I, I actually had like two friends like literally sit me down who both had ADHD and like they pulled up like a clinic and they like chose a psychiatrist for me because I was like no no no, but it's completely changed my life and I'm always gonna be so thankful for my friend Andine for making me do that. So you did that and then you get the diagnosis and now you're on medication. Yeah, we're f- I'm f- I'm I'm flirting with it. I'm on my medication journey. I think that I do think that, you know, meds, especially like controlled substances are like super overprescribed and um I was initially put on Vyvanse. My body processes it differently, so I'm trying Adderall right now and I know that I have to be really really careful with Adderall. Um just knowing like this what yeah. you know what Adderall represents. Um But you've recreationally so- taken Adderall before. Yeah, I have. <laughs> that's that's yeah, what I, I get so I mean, I've never taken Adderall, mostly mm. because I've always told myself I'm too hyperactive. I've like, never done cocaine, but I've been told it feels exactly like cocaine. But see, like that's but here's my thing, which is to me, I've been I feel like I'm too hyperactive. So why should I have Adderall, which is like crazy caffeine or something? Yeah, but it's so it's 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 a I think it's like dopamine or something. But basically it's like if it 
I don't, I, I, I couldn't really explain it to you, but basically if you have, so if you don't have ADHD, the Adderall will make you more hyper, but if you have ADHD, it'll actually mellow you out. And that was my experience. Like when I took it recreationally, I had an ex-boyfriend who had Adderall and that like sometimes I would take it when he took it, full disclosure. But like he, he made me stop because I was like, oh. You have a very addictive personality. Yeah, I have addictive personality. And like, I wasn't using it like crazy, but like it, there was like a week where I was like, I have finals. And he was like, as soon as I started asking for it, like, you know, like I only so took like four, I've only taken like four or five times. Are like you nervous now but. taking Adderall? Well, first of all, do you actually find that Adderall is mellowing you out? Yes. So that was the thing is when I took it, it would allow me to focus and I would take it socially, right? Like recreational socially. So I'd take the Adderall and then I'd go hang out with my friends and I loved it because you know what, Nadia, I would be so much better at having conversations. And all of a sudden I was inc- an incredible listener. Yeah, I've not really experienced. I love you so much. You're a great talker. I'm such a horrible listener and it sucks because I'm very aware of it and I like yeah. people and I like hearing their stories. And um, and again, like I have only been on meds for consistently for about a month. Are you ever change because I would forget all the time. Do you have nervousness around the addictive component? Yes. Because I do have an addictive personality and eating disorders are very, very much like I would categorize as addiction. Yeah, of course. Um, and so I know that I'm I'm prone to it. But I think that I'm walking into the medication knowing that, knowing that, and I'm very careful with it. And I am very open with my psychiatrist about that. And so, like, I'm very hesitant to change meds. I'm hesitant to, you know, increase meds. Um, and so that's why I'm just asking, you know, instead of doing like, okay, we'll do two weeks and change, two weeks and two weeks and change. I'm like trying to be really careful about actually like giving things time yeah. to like try things out. Yeah. Yeah. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save money on your insurance? Of course you would. After all, who wouldn't love a great deal, right? And when it comes to great rates on insurance for all of the things in your life, GEICO can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. You could save even more with a special discount when you bundle your coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more. And choosing to switch to GEICO becomes an easy choice. Switch to and see all the ways you could save with great rates and discounts. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent and get started seeing how much you could save. This show is part of the Pro-Democracy Podcast Coalition. I think most of us agree that in a functioning democracy, the winner should be determined by the voters. Well, that almost didn't happen in 2020. Now, extremists are working to intimidate and replace nonpartisan election workers with quote-unquote yes-men who might reject election results. The only thing that will stop them is us. We partnered with the grassroots pro-democracy organization, Represent Us, to give you the tools you need to protect free and fair elections. Learn more and get involved. Visit represent.us pod to learn more. And so basically by having this ADHD diagnosis, I mean, I've talked about this on the podcast too. Like for me, getting a diagnosis was, is never like a really sad thing. It's like, if anything, a huge weight off the shoulders of not excuse. I don't want to say excusing any bad behavior. It's not that it's just giving some explanation to to do Do you remember the first time that my old therapist told me that I was probably bipolar? Do you remember this? 
Yeah. We, we were, I don't know if we were, we were like close yet, yeah. but I like freaked out and I almost took a semester off school. Like I was so excited because I felt like I finally had an explanation yeah. for all these experiences in my life. Now looking back, it's actually like more like ADHD. Yeah. Um, because yeah, things were a little off with that, with a bipolar diagnosis, but I mean, I felt the same Look, with the ADHD thing. Like I wrote paragraphs, paragraphs on paragraphs after the diagnosis, because it just gave me like it allowed. OK, I mean, similar when you got diagnosed with BPD, I mean, I had to like take a step back and be like, oh, shit. And then I was mad at you for not figuring out earlier. Yeah, because I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like we could have like, you know, because that now when things happen, I can be like, oh, okay but there's a fine line don't personalize it yeah there's a fine line to me and I really struggle with this around like the stigma around ADHD and BPD like even for myself which is like I really really hate when people use these diagnoses as like an excuse for I don't want to say bad behavior but like kind of like bad absolutely and we can go into that but it's the same thing I know exactly who you're thinking about but here's the thing is okay when, when, um, wait, and I need to finish that thought yeah, yeah. because it's like, I think it came up with the Amber Heard. Yeah, I, know, that's trial. I know you're going yeah, there. We're like, they were like, oh, Amber Heard has BPD. histrionic and, or, or, and, or BPD. And it's like, okay, fine. But that doesn't excuse like, you know, any sort of making up lies, creating this public campaign regardless. Right. But not, not an excuse. It's an explanation. It's an, ex- it's, right? yeah, I it's had an a therapist say your trauma excuse. is never an excuse to be an asshole. And in fact, there really isn't any excuse to be an asshole, but it's an explanation. And what that explanation does is like a relief of like, not guilt, but like for me, it was just, I got to release like a burden of like, like confused, like I was confused and angry at myself. Yeah. But I think for me, it's like, maybe it goes back to like whether or not you take action from it which is if you're diagnosed with ADHD this is not an excuse for you to be rude and just be like oh it's I have ADHD Uh so don't worry ADHD yeah it's more like oh yeah I recognize that I have been rude or like maybe I'm not a great listener but I'm working on it to be a better listener yeah you know I feel like it's the, the action step and that's that's kind of how I try to push myself, like even going to weekly therapy. I have to, I pay like over two hundred dollars a week for therapy every week, and it's yeah because finding in network therapy is so difficult, and I feel so blessed to be able to kind you know afford that. It yeah. still feels out of reach, but like for me, I always tell myself like I think a hard line that I don't want to cross is being like, oh, I have BPD, so I can just like let the some of like my more you know, dangerous traits just run rampant. And it's like an excuse because I have BPD. For me, it's like, no, it's an explanation. So I have a very clear determination of the action steps I need to take. And I feel like it's good that you're t- doing, taking meds and you're trying that out. You're doing a lot of reflection. Are you doing weekly therapy? I'm currently not in weekly therapy. But you're finding a therapist. So I I should, and I know that I have a lot to still process. And I want to say very first and foremost, like I have been in regular therapy for so long. Like yeah. I, I was in, regu- in second grade. Yeah. And I was though, I was in regular weekly or sometimes twice a week therapy, like the, like more than both, like everyone in my family, everyone. Yeah. And honestly, like my last therapist was just, she like, I don't want to like talk bad, but 
she wasn't helpful with my anxiety. And like in retrospect, just also knowing that I have an ADHD, like she definitely fed into things and she would let me ruminate over and over again. And I had weeks and months of therapy around the same topic and she never took action to change that. And she was like gearing up to go, like go on leave. She was having a baby, but like there are multiple times when like it was virtual and I would catch her scrolling on her like socials and email in the reflection of her glasses and it took me I'm literally gonna cry because it was like really hurtful even though I and I already like knew that I was boring and repetitive I was repetitive I was ruminating had really bad anxiety like I'm literally gonna cry like it was honestly extremely traumatic for me to be like wow I'm so fucking fucked up that my therapist doesn't give a shit and why am I gonna cry I literally told her I, I was like before a session, I came in and I was like, hey, like, just by the way, like, I notice when you like scroll on your phone and she was like, oh, oh, shit. Right. And she was like, I just want, you know, like I was just my email, da, 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 just my email. But like, even if it was, you know, and I know that she was like pregnant at the time. So like, I get it. But I also don't like that's just yeah. you should say even, you know, like even if you're pregnant, I feel like you can be like, hey, I'm just going to like pick up my phone for a second. Like I would rather that transparency because what that did is my guilt of being Asian and all these things made me loyal to her and keep coming back and paying her like almost two hundred dollars out of pocket because I knew I needed a specialized therapist for all these really traumatic CSA, all these like intense things that I actively sought her out for. So I was like, I can't go back and explain all this shit to a new therapist. Yeah. And then when it, we finally like cut off, it, it was just like, I, I don't have a lot of like this is that's the thing, too, is I'm careful because I have been incredibly impacted in negative and positive ways by therapists. My high school therapist told me not to pursue art because it was too unstable for me. So I went to Tufts. Yeah, I'm not kidding. She told me not to apply to Young Arts because the ap- stress of the application too stressful for me. Young arts changed my life. You know, so it's like those little like things. Like lost faith in talk therapy. I haven't. I just think that it would take me a really long time to find the right person, and I'm not prepared to put in that work. Mm. And I'm not asking for help. I just really like. I want to get to a place where I, I can do that. Yeah. But you know, like, and then also like when I was at Tufts, like, I'm not shady. Like, okay, like I'm a little bit shady in Tufts, but I'm gonna say also like all mental health services at most colleges are like this. Like my like during COVID year, I called the mental health services. It was so hard to create an appointment. And I've talked to so many people who had similar experiences. I was on a Zoom call with one of their like care people. And I literally, and I, I, I was a suicide and crisis hotline operator for three years. Yeah. I, I know what, I know what they need to alert, like, you know, first responders. But I told her, her, I was like, listen, I'm not actively planning to kill myself so that, you know, I don't have a plan, but I want to. Yeah. I want to kill myself and I, I'm getting to the point where like I think I really need someone with me. Like I need help. Yeah. And she referred me to fucking therapy psychiatry today, like network. And then like checked in on me once to see if I was looking for therapists. I was breaking yeah. down crying and she kept looking at her clock because you only have 25 minute sessions for free at Tufts. And we it, we didn't talk about anything. It was just me crying, going, I want to kill myself. At that point, you know what these t- like school therapists should have said? go home, call your mom. Do you have someone to talk to about this? And I was like, I have a boyfriend who like doesn't really, doesn't really, doesn't, want, help. doesn't really help. Yeah. And so I think that, I don't know, again, I'm a big believer in therapy. It has helped me immensely. Risha, like my therapist in New York city and Brooklyn changed my life. Fucking incredible. But I've also just had really negative experiences yeah. with therapists. Same. I will say they also have all been like the therapists that have really like fucked me up have all been white women. Yeah. And I think that that's not like a 
you know, to say something about like white woman therapists, it's more about like, I think lack of, lack of my, lack of my, like the, the things that I talk about most in therapy, right? Racial justice and art and trauma and daddy issues and like family, right? It's like, yeah. but like those two things, racial justice and art is I never centered those in my search for therapists though because I was like but maybe yeah. it's time to do that no so exactly it's when you're but that's a, it's so much work to find a therapist at, that like fits you anyway this is a long convoluted answer to like why I don't have a therapist and all these things but it'll come back in yeah life. basically it was like I, I want a therapist I'm actively seeking for one well not I'm, I'm looking for one but I'm just not actively looking for one and I think it's because I'm a little bit scared of having I don't I just don't want to be like literally walk away like traumatized again yeah and I know like I feel like Gen Z used the word oh my god that was traumatizing and I'm traumatized like it's it's now become an overused word but like generally like I think I was like frankly quite traumatized about my being a burden right so much of my therapy was about being a burden and a nuisance to people and having my therapist just literally watch her scroll on her fucking phone multiple times but she only made an excuse for one time you know what yeah. I mean like I was like it's just not real like yeah. you're literally like you you were I think- bored of me I think for, well, like, how are you going to respond to that? Yeah, I think it's also like it to me, it explains a lot about our relationship in some ways, because I feel like in my most toxic girl boss era, I really didn't make time to listen to anybody, Mm-mm. but not because I was distracted, but because I was like, this conversation's going nowhere. Like for me. No, OK, honestly, like multiple times I would try to talk to you and you'd say, I mean, I don't care. No, I, it wasn't <laughs> that I wouldn't care. I would literally say, I mean, okay. I, I said a, a lot to Amaya. I would always be like, Amaya, you're a fucking broken record. I need you to just yeah. stop. Because, because it would give me a headache. By the way, it was anxiety and ADHD. Yeah. But like, which, and I mean this in like a just yeah. fact way. Like it would give me a fucking headache because it would stress me out. But it, it bothered in my head, like my toxic girl boss. I don't like hearing things twice. And like, or or like I never watch the same movie over and over again. Like I have this kind of obsession with like fast pace, you know, continuing the conversation. And I, I think maybe some of that was having like BPD. Like I don't just don't have a lot of patience in relationships, which is something I'm working on. But I think for a long time in our relationship, when like you were more in that like depressed ADHD ruminating phase, and it was like you were frustrated about the same thing over and over again, and I was in a state of not having patience, it like really clashed in terms of having a relationship. Yeah. Because I and I know I said this to you, and I apologize for it too, because it was a lot of like trying like hearing you but then getting frustrated that you were fixating and not having like something like an ADHD again not an excuse but like an explanation of oh Amaya like genuinely can't help it she's not trying to annoy me like this is something she's genuinely fixating on and I feel like that would to me that's just something that I've been reflecting on I mean this is is so like side note and not even related to ADHD I feel like but I mean, it just like reminds me, like, I think something that I think about a lot, especially when I'm angry at a person or I feel like somebody is being rude, you know, like I truly believe that at the end of the day, every single person who is a human, who I interact with, right? Like though we move through the world and we are actually just like our younger selves, just wanting to be like seen and heard and understood. Like we just want to be seen. And so I think that's something that I'm learning with like my new relationships or like new boys is like I have a lot of anxiety in my relationships but if I have enough reassurance or if I just have moments where somebody takes the time to sit down and even like my broken record thing is I never really had someone who at least I felt like was like Amaya I hear you things will be okay 
And I never asked for that, right? I always just asked for someone to give me solutions. But I think that the way that we have, like, like people always ask, like, oh, how did we move past that? You're a broken record. Like, like, like yeah. all these things is we took the time. Literally, it was a week where me and Nadia, like, I mean, I don't even know if you noticed this, but I, like, came to New York, canceled everything with my friends, yeah. and just followed you around like a puppy. And it was very intentional because it was about a year after your diagnosis. And I felt like I was ready to forgive you. And I wanted to talk about forgiving you. And I wanted to talk about how I have hurt you and how you can forgive me for being so mean to you and angry at you. Right. And talking shit about you. Like I talked a lot of shit because I was so mad. So I wanted to talk that through. And me and Nadia just had back to back dinners, lunches, breakfasts, and we just talked about everything. And like that now that and now we move past it. Like genuinely, that's how I feel. I feel like it's also been like having boundaries. Like now I think I learn like if you're in a more of a fixating phase, like I want to be there for you. But like it's upholding the boundary of like I'm not because I don't want to listen to you, but because I know I'm not in a place where I can process process it where like I'll get more or respond like yeah, I'll get more triggered or frustrated. Exactly. And so I think that it's like also boundaries where like I think we obviously unconditionally love each other and support each other but it's also knowing like when I'm not the best person for you to come to or when you're not the best person for me to go but I think this is where it circles back to ADHD is like I know that I have anxiety and tend to ruminate and I also know that ADHD makes me hyper fixate on that and makes it even worse and I also know that you know Adderall and anxiety are really bad mix and so but even though like it could be a bad mix what it does for me is I am very self-aware with how I process and think like I like yeah like like you know artists are like oh I make art because I don't know how to explain myself with my words no 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 I've never had that issue like I can talk about how I feel and what I'm thinking with my words you're just feeling a lot of things. it's just a lot and that it's so much that that's why I also do art right it's like so for me like being super aware like I'm aware when I'm in a loop and I'm now I can go anxiety Adderall ADHD and I can purposefully do something to break myself out of it yeah. When I didn't have those diagnoses, when I didn't have the explanations, I was like, this is where I'm at. I'm in a loop. I have to be in a loop because yeah. I'm in a loop. I think for me, it's also like, it's interesting hearing about how ADHD affects you because when I've talked to therapists or specialists about me having ADHD, it's kind of what you're talking about. But on the flip side, we're like, you have this hyperfixation on certain things, but then you forget about other things. A and lot of I'm, other things. And I'm kind of like the opposite where... I feel like I can focus, but I focus on many things at once. Yeah. And like it, it, things have to keep moving. Like I've talked to you about this, but I never listen to an audiobook on 1.0 speed. I have to listen to it on 1.7 to 2.0 speed because if there's breaks in how someone's talking, I will tune out. So I do that too. I think it might be a Gen Z thing. Perhaps, but what? I, but for me, it's like it happened. It's unfortunately in conversation. I like, have a better example. When we were growing up, I would come into Nadia's room and she would have like, I'm not kidding. Like you think I'm kidding. Like two TV shows going at once and she'd be watching them simultaneously and bouncing between like three essays and posting on Instagram and writing a grant application. And I felt so crazy because you don't do that because I can do one thing at once. And even while doing that one thing, I usually will forget about it halfway through and do something else. Yeah. Well, and so that's what I'm saying. Like for me, my ADHD is like kind of the opposite of what you have which I feel like then makes sometimes conversation when we're in like more of a hyperactive state of conversation is hard, right? Because like you're fixating in something or what you do oftentimes is just you'll talk and then you'll lose your train of thought and then just stare. 
And for me, I'm like, <laughs> if you're happen. saying, for me, I'm the opposite. If you're staring off, I'm like, okay, no, I'm not staring off is I'm talking and then I get distracted by a different thought tangent. Yeah. And then like, I have no idea what we're talking about. And then for me, that's something where I'm like, okay, I'm done with this conversation or. And then you, you moved this, on yeah. when I cut, try to come back to it. And then it. I moved on or you are saying the same thing over and over again. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. Like, this is fucking like, what the fuck are we talking and about? And then I feel bad and get mad at you and, and then Amanda gets BPD so and I get like, triggered. I feel like a lot of the ADHD put, like it explains a lot about our relationship. Yeah. And it'd be interesting. Like, I don't actually know too much about like what causes ADHD or like if it's hereditary if it's real <laughs> but like yeah but because I definitely we grew up with like definitely some parental figures in our life being like ADHD is BS because all the rich kids get a diagnosed with ADHD well I mean like everyone at our fucking high school had ADHD ADHD extra ADD time, extra time on tests everything everyone was on meds like I was like there's no way 90% of our school can be on meds with extra time I mean, for the there SAT. was an Adderall problem. Like, there were kids in my year. I mean, I didn't know that. I was very out of it. But well, yeah. I, I, well, again, I've never taken it, but, like, uh, there were kids in my year who got suspended. Oh, actually, for, like, actually, dealing. I do know this. Yeah, yeah, there's and, a lot of that. And a lot of it was, like, to study. And it was people who did not yeah. have ADHD. But, but it was, I was so scared of Adderall, yeah. too, because everyone was like, yeah, okay, a lot of kids in my class were like, yeah, no, my mom had Adderall. Okay, like, yeah, again. Doing Adderall. Okay, yeah, That's onomatopoeia. Not, onomatopoeia. Uh, so nobody knows what you nobody say when it. you murmur. Okay, like a lot of kids were trading Adderall and I could, I, I heard it in the schools. Yeah. I saw it in the, in the libraries and stuff. Yeah. It'll be, we'll have to do another like check-in episode like in a couple months after you've been on Adderall for a long time or if you yeah. decide to get off of it. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, it, I'm, I mean, it's definitely helped. like my, another one of the things that made me realize I had to go actively meet to seek help was my object impermanence, which is another ADHD symptom got so extremely bad like I I had to my, explain object impermanence is when like you don't see something anymore and your mind kind of forgets that it exists so with people like yeah. if someone's out of sight it's like out of mind out of sight out of mind which I have like I I mean I have like little friends or whatever for me it was okay the best example is like I had my ADHD diagnosis interview which like two hours all these things right and I had put my headphones down like my two airpods down in front of me and I got so excited. I texted my family on my computer. Like, I just got diagnosed with ADHD. Like, I want to talk about it. I looked down and I, like, my headphones were there. And I spent 20 minutes trying to find my AirPods. And they're all on the same table. But I just, like, couldn't see them because I put them, like, on the side. Like, I just, you put something down and because you don't see it anymore, you just forget what the process, you know? Yeah. Just constantly losing things, constantly losing keys, like, socks, like, everything. Do you think that that object impermanence, I know it's hurt some of your friendships before. And mine too, like not reaching out to friends who you don't see anymore on a daily basis. Do you think it makes monogamy and long distance relationships harder? I will say first and foremost, I actually don't think that object impermanence has affected my friendships. Yeah, I don't. Really? No, I don't think it has. I think you don't have friends who are like, hey, you haven't reached out to me in three years. Are we really friends? No, this that you're only talking about one specific person. And that's not an object impermanence. And, like, that was not object impermanence. That was just, like, a very weird situation. Okay. (laughs) Like, I think I should do a whole entire podcast on that person. And I've talked to so many people about the crazy – like, I didn't talk – we weren't – I was not friends with this person for multiple years. That was just not a friends thing. Then they ran – they sent me a fucking email about it and, like, white guilt. Like, it was very strange and then asked for space, but we're not even friends. Like, it was so weird. 
it was so weird. Like, okay, so that's weird. a separate thing. That was a separate thing. Like, no, like, here's the thing is, a lot of my friends, if they are, if they are actual close friends of mine, Nadia, like, I switched schools six times in six consecutive years. You know, the first time I experienced a fluctuating friend group was in high school because that was the first time I'd ever been at one school for over two years. So what that means is I just developed really close, you know, you know, when you, it's, there's a honeymoon phase, right? Of friendships yeah. and relationships. I never had to, like, that's why I so, have so many close, like, best friends is because a lot of my friends, we never, we got to the honeymoon phase and I switched schools. Yeah. So, like, I, I recognize that is why I have so many close friends. Like, they just well, never, And you're an extreme extrovert. Yeah. I love people. And so, yeah. like, honestly, like, I also randomly do check in on a lot of people because of the ADHD. I'll be like, oh, I wonder what Annalie is doing. I wonder what Natalie is doing. I wonder what. And again, and I text I'm them the, or call them. I'm, I'm constantly the on FaceTime. Nadia doesn't check in. Yeah, you don't check in on people. You don't like I'm FaceTiming my friends constantly, like constantly. I'll get off a of FaceTime and then I'll be walking down the street and be like, oh, I'll call someone else. Oh, I want to talk to this person. I never FaceTime. Yeah. And also I'm on socials. Like I'm constantly DMing friends. Like yeah. So. But the monogamy thing. But again, then again, that one instance, like, no, 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 that girl, that was fucking weird. But okay, we can talk about monogamy now. <laughs> no, we, yeah, we have, we have lots to talk about. Anyways, y'all, um, I think your ADHD diagnosis was a big update. And so we yeah, definitely was, wanted to like sit good. down and talk about this because I've actually found such a conversation around ADHD on TikTok and social media. Yeah, so, people were really excited on TikTok yeah, when so I was like diagnosed. We wanted to do this episode kind of as like a longer just update and explanation of like how we're thinking about this. But also I think because you and I are so much at the beginning of our journeys, even of really understanding this. So, you know. And how it's I'm, affected us in the past. Yeah. So I'm not going to say that this is at all like a cry for help. It's more like a shout out for support. <laughs> not support of us, but more like we are very interested in hearing what everybody has to say and like read through comments. Perspective. Yeah. I, I read all my ADHD comments. Yeah. Like, it Cause it's really so helpful. Much. Like I love when people recommend books after reading, like listening to the podcast. So we want to hear what you think. So thank you so much for listening. Um, Amanda and I are going to keep doing some more podcast episodes just cause we have so much to chat about. I also feel like doing podcast episodes with you is kind of the only times that I can get you to put your phone down for a prolonged amount of time. Addict. Because you're, yeah, you're really Total addicted addict. to your phone. So for us, we really like doing these conversations just because we're able to really dive into topics. Anyways, thank you so much, y'all. Catch us on social and we'll see you next Wednesday because we're back every single week with a new episode of Tigris. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.